What is up, everybody? This is the Fantasy Baseball Show, and I am your host, Sean Nugent. A little bit of housekeeping before I get going into the video. Uh, the, the league that I'm doing for, for everyone for the channel is live in the description, the Fantasy Baseball League. It will be the first link in the description underneath the video. Uh, click that link, free league. Click it, join it, make your team name. I'm going to get in touch with everyone. Try to get something going. I, I know we can't really set a draft date yet with the lockout still going, but I'm excited to play with you guys. Um, it can be roto, it can be points. We'll all talk about that in a group chat, get it going. But please join the league. It's free. And I'll, I'll get in touch with everyone as soon as possible. And uh, let's talk about second base. So uh, first, before I talk about who I like at second base, I think it's pretty important to just bring up a couple guys that are on my do not draft list. Uh, as I've always said, I think more important than figuring out who you're going to draft is figuring out who you will not draft in a panic draft, especially if you're not doing a, a long four-hour clock draft. If you're doing a minute, 32-minute draft, there's going to be points where you're sitting there and three of the guys in your queue, maybe you're waiting to get a closer or a starting pitcher or a third baseman or a shortstop, and two of those guys, three of those guys, they just get picked in a row. Boom, boom, boom. You get sniped, triple sniped. And, and you're going to be in that draft room like, oh, my God, who did I draft? You have to have a list of guys that, in that scenario, you're just not drafting them. Uh, for me, there might be some guys that I don't like. Th that, these aren't just guys that I don't like or I'm wary of. These are guys that I'm not drafting based on their ADP and where you'll get them around in the draft. So, one, Marcus Simeon at pick 34. Two, Javi Baez at pick 63. Three, Jazz Chisholm at pick 77. Four, Tommy Edmond at pick 84. Five, Chris Taylor at pick 139. And once we get over uh, this deep, do not draft kind of becomes meaningless. But there's one more guy I don't even, I'm really scared to say, but it's Max Muncy. If we get Max Muncy, Max Muncy pick 147. If Max Muncy, we get good news that he's ready to go for the season. Uh, he was on he was on MLB TV or something a couple weeks ago, MLB Network, and he was talking to one of the reporters. And it, it seemed like worrisome about his elbow. I think I talked about it in the first base video. But Max Muncy, even getting him at second base, is probably will be the best value. A big if, if he's on the field to play. I'm worried he's going to get Tommy Johns. Obviously, he, he left about four or five days before the postseason started. He got hit or something covering the bag at first. So Max Muncy, I cannot in good faith draft many of my teams because um, you, you can't draft a guy who, who might not play for the season. And I know I could be over-exaggerating, but... I could see a scenario where he realizes he needs to get Tommy John surgery and he's just unable to play. Now that's at pick 150. I think it's kind of redundant to have do not drafts past then uh, because you might need to get who you can get. Uh, I will say I am scared about the playing time from Eduardo, Eduardo Escobar going to the Mets. I see him in a similar role as Villar. He'll, he'll get good numbers, but I don't see him playing every single day. Uh, the, all the Mets guys, with the exception of Starling Marte and Pete Alonso, and Lindor. Besides those three three guys in the Mets, I think they're going to heavily play the matchups. They're going to do a lot of rest days. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to be drafting Dom Smith, J.D. Davis, Eduardo Escobar, Jeff McNeil. McNeil's going way later than those guys, but they're all going to be splitting time. I, I don't think any of those guys eclipse 110 games played, so that's something to keep an eye on with the Mets. Don't assume that Escobar just has the third base job, because I don't think it's going to be like that in, uh, in City Field this year for the New York Mets. So, as I said, Chris Taylor, Tommy Edmond, Jazz Chisholm, Marcus Simeon, and Javier Baez 
I'm not drafting them. I will go into a little bit more of why I'm not drafting them, but let me just focus on the guy going at pick 1.6, Trey Turner, first base, first time being second base eligible. Not much to say about him. Uh, really, really solid player. He's going to get you 20-plus home runs with a 280 average and, and hopefully 30 steals with a low end of 20. But you can put those counting stats in the book. Uh, he's, he's the kind of guy I like to draft around. Uh, I uh, I will not be drafting uh, Tatis, even though they're going around the same thing. I think him and Tatis are one, two. Yep. Oh, actually, Turner has now become the consensus number one pick uh, on all positions. So I I, I think that's because the uh, shoulder concerns for Tatis. I have a lot more um, optimism that that Turner, Turner will not miss a lot of time compared to Tatis. But that's shortstop. I won't get into that. But Turner's basically a guy that you can uh, play in a draft round. Say you need 60, 70 stone bases to finish middle of the pack. Which is what you, sh- you should be trying to do. You shouldn't try to win. You shouldn't try to becoming a number number one overall in stone base in your league. I don't think that's a sound strategy because you're going to be lacking in so many other categories. Say you say you try to be first in stone bases and you draft Wit and you draft Darling Marte. Uh, those guys combined will maybe give you 25 home runs. So uh, that, that's one player worth of home runs. You're going to be constantly trying to make up in it. Then you're going to try. You're going to draft Joey Gallo to make up for home runs. And your batting average is going to suffer. You're just going to be playing catch up the whole draft. You should shoot for about. 60 to stone, uh, 70 stone bases. Uh, you j- just you, you don't want to get you know, you don't want to have 20 stone bases. You, you want to have a Trey Turner, then you get a couple other guys, I'll get 15 to 20, and, and you'll be good. So that's why I like Trey Turner a lot. Not because I, I think he's he's amazing, really, anything specifically, but because he, uh, Witt, Witt's only giving you 10 home runs, maybe 12. Turner's giving you 20, 25, and he could probably have a 30 home run season. He's done it before. A uh, little couple less stone bases than Witt. But he's getting you all those counting stats, and he's helping you in the power department. He's not hurting you by a wide margin. Uh, and that's why I'll say this about Witt. Uh, Witt's not on my do not draft list, but I'm I'm considering it because what I've noticed from last year, and even last year with the, the power numbers going back with the rabbit ball not being around, apparently, you know, we didn't see the crazy power numbers we're used to seeing from some guys. But Witt only had 10 home runs or 12 home runs, and... Um, I'm just I'm just really uh, finding it hard to structure my team uh, with a guy with only 10 home runs. Yeah, he's giving me those 40 steals. I get that part of it, or maybe maybe 40 steals. And I guess that maybe is why it's a big deal. Is that uh, when it comes to volatility, a 40 stone base guy, a guy a guy, counting guy for 40 stone base is absurd. But once a guy hits 40 home runs, okay, he might not hit 40 the next year, but he'll probably hit 30. Like Simeon's probably not gonna hit 40, 45 next year. Simeon will probably hit 30, unless Texas is a really bad ballpark. And I know he says he's not on my do not draft list. That's more to the fact that I have guys I, I love going after him that I think will outproduce him. But um, but you're, you're drafting wit, and you're just at a severe disadvantage uh, in, in your home run category, and you have to make up with that in the whole draft. Uh, going down from wit, Simeon, as I said, going to Texas, that's not really what concerns me. I'm just more concerned that uh, it, it was a career year for um, – for Marcus Simeon that he'll never be able to reproduce. And I don't even think the draft price is really that egregious for Marcus Simeon. I think I think after a guy hits what he hit, 45 home runs, 115 run, 102 RBI, and 15 stone bases, not bad. 265 average, great. Only 334 on base, you know, nothing crazy. But um but after a guy does that, I'm a little apprehensive. Maybe do not draft is a little too much, but for me personally, he is do not draft. Uh and I'm not drafting Javier Baez going after him either. Uh, that's really just a flop, philosophical thing. I play safe more than I play scared. I guess I play scared, which is safe. 
And um, Baez is just way too risky of a profile. He did great with the Mets uh, when he was when he got traded. But what I really want to talk about is Jose Altuve going after Baez at uh, Altuve at pick 73. Uh, in the past two years, in 2020 and 2021, Jose Altuve has led all second basemen and runs uh, 100 less plate appearances than Marcus Simeon and Whit Merrifield, but more runs than both those guys. Uh, 15 less home runs than Simeon. He did spike that 45, so if that normalized back to another 35, they're, they're, I think they're going to have similar power output. And it's not even about a one-to-one apples to oranges comparison between Simeon and and Altuve. It's more the fact that Altuve is going 30 picks later, and I feel a lot safer in Altuve, especially at that price. Going after Altuve is Jazz Chisholm, and uh, I'll, I'll play a devil's advocate for for Jazz Chisholm. Uh, I'm a little I'm a little perplexed by not not where uh, Jazz Chisholm is going, but more so as to where as to where Edmund is going. Uh, Jazz Chisholm is going at pick 77. Edmund's going to pick 84. Uh, Edmund only hit 11 home runs last year in 700 plate appearances. Chisholm had 18 in 200 less plate appearances. And Chisholm still had 23 stone bases, even with those less at-bats. So this is not me saying go draft draft Jazz Chisholm. This is more saying do not draft Tommy Edmund because... If you're looking for steals uh, around pick 70 to 80, then just draft Jazz Chisholm. He's probably gonna give you the same amount of steals as Tommy Edmond with 10 to 15 more home runs. Um, lineup's not as good, obviously, the Marlins. I could see them making moves, but it's not as good. Ballpark's not as good as it is in Bush for Tommy Edmond. But just take Jazz Chisholm over Brent, uh, Tommy Edmond. Then going next, right after Jazz Chisholm, is Brandon Lau. That's, that's the guy, really the, the guys I'm liking the most this year on the board besides Trey Turner is Brandon Lau, Jose Altuve, and Cattell Marte. Just because I really believe that they're 25 home run guys and Lau now too with a, with a good average and you're not paying a crazy price for him. I mean, I don't know why anyone would draft Javier Baez over both those guys. Javier Baez, okay, 18 stone bases last year. That's worth something. Can't deny that. But the on-base is so low, the, the profile is so risky. I just don't want to take the risk on that, especially if I can get a Trey Turner or a Jose Ramirez or a Bo Bichette, someone that I can count 20 or 30 steals on. Going back to the top, I skipped over a guy that, that's a pretty popular pick and, and some guy that I've kind of found myself perplexed on, and that's that's um, Ozzy Albies. Ozzy Albies last year, 30 home runs, 20 steals, 100 plus runs RBI. Um, he's a guy that I I don't know if I'm making a mistake drafting on him. The the um, the, the on base really isn't there. Three nineteen is kind of scary. He had a thir- um, three ten on base. The strikeout rate's not high. I think it's nothing like that. Uh, Thirty. I think he's a great hitter. He's young. But I'm more so scared if that twenty dips down to ten. If I would rather just take Lau later again. Baez is, I mean, Albies is probably a guy I'll find myself drafting, but trepidatiously, and uh, he might be one of the guys I end up panic drafting, trying to fill in my second base early. Now, this is probably where it gets the hardest to draft, and is really why I'm dead set on getting Lau, Marte, or Altuve, because I don't know what to make of Jonathan India, LeMahieu, or Jake Cronenworth. I think all of those guys, especially India, probably has the highest upside after what he's shown his rookie year. 
but I'm not too certain that I want to risk uh, a top 100 pick on a guy that had a really good rookie campaign. We've seen a lot of guys do that, and he might not be able to repeat it. I'm sure he does, but even if he does, I don't see his val- I don't see his draft moving, uh, his draft value moving up too much on the board, as opposed to Lau, Altuve, and Marte, who have been a lot higher in fantasy drafts, and um, you can count on them probably moving up two to three rounds come 2023. LeMahieu was a guy that I said last year I didn't want to draft because McNeil was probably going to produce similar results, and McNeil did horrible. He's going 200 picks later. So uh, I guess in a way I was right on LeMahieu, but not for the right reasons and not with the right comparison. So uh, LeMahieu, again, I guess I said he was a lot like McNeil, and, and he really was like a lot McNeil last year. I mean, I guess McNeil would have liked that to be the case. Uh, still bad at 270, only 10 home runs, managed to still get 84 runs, but only 57 RBI. And again, uh, Altuve and Marte both have a way higher stone base upside, and I would, I would probably rather have India, Edmund, and um, Chisholm than DJ LeMahieu because if that power doesn't come back, you're, you're drafting a Whit Merrifield-type power bat uh, with 30 less steals than Whit Merrifield, so I don't see any reason why LeMahieu is too attractive, maybe outside of the triple eligibility at first, second, and third base. Cronenworth, again... This is a tricky, tricky position. Great year last year, 21 homers, 94 runs, 71 RBI, 266 average. I'm not sure really um, what we're expecting plate appearance-wise. So uh, ATC has over 600 plate appearances. Uh, I, I kind of take the under on that. Only six steals, 17 home runs. Uh, really just a, he's not hitting a lot of power, not stealing really any bases. Kind of a bland, uh, I guess, Maybe better than LeMahieu, but kind of a bland bat. Uh, ATC only has LeMahieu for 14 home runs. So this is these this these guys are here. These two guys are going to pick one 100, 120. Um, it's kind of why I think you need to get a top 10 second baseman. You probably want to get Turner, Albies, Altuve, Lauer, Marte. Uh, you really want to have one of those guys in your draft. Turner, you can play at shortstop. So if you can get Turner... I would probably grab Altuve, Marte, Lau after that. You really don't want to have to draft really anyone in your whole draft that's getting 15 stone, uh, fifteen home runs, less than that, 10 home runs, because you're really setting your team up to fail. And it, it's funny that that LeMahieu and Cronenworth are actually going after, I mean, before Ty France. Ty France picked 138. Uh, to me, I thought he showed that... That he was a, a not a premier bat, but a, a very very solid bat, uh, especially with the with the eligibility he has. He's probably gonna be a first baseman now. Last year, in his first full season in the major leagues, Ty France had 18 home runs, 85 runs, 73 RBI, a 291 average, and a 370 on base. So yeah, not you know 18 home runs, not the craziest power. Uh, still, it was his it was his first full season in the majors, and he had great great minor league numbers. I think he hit twenty home runs in half a season in the minors. Uh, even even in his twenty twenty stint, in only uh, forty three games, three or five average, three seventy on base. I think he's the kind of guy where where you're gonna see growth and you're gonna see a power growth. And getting to that, there was a, there was a guy I like a, I liked a lot coming into the past couple years because of how, how good his minor league numbers were. Where walked more than he struck out was always a good uh, guy for batting average. Uh, former, I believe, I don't want to say first-round draft pick, but I think he was a pretty high up there draft pick. 
but Luis Urias uh, was kind of a big prospect. Got traded from San Diego in that Trent Grisham deal. And I think he's going under the radar, especially when it comes to counting stats in Roto. Uh, this is the guy we're playing in a deeper league, even a 15-team league, and you weren't able to snag one of those guys I'm talking about. If you're at pick, past pick 100 and you don't got a second baseman yet, I'm waiting until Arise at pick 157. Last year, low-key, these aren't sexy numbers, but but they, for anyone that's a consistent Roto player, you'll see why this was so um, important. Was a two, uh, two, 23 home runs, 77 runs, 75 RBI, nice little five-stone base in 150 games. 250 average, only a 344, you know, 344 on base, 250 average, nothing high. But I think that low Babbitt, uh, his first year he had a uh, – I mean, last year, 2020, he had a 338 uh, BABIP. Last year, 280. I can see that BABIP going up to 300, 310. That batting average going up 30 points. And with that, I can, I can see that on base going up 360, 370. I think this is a guy we're going to be talking a lot about next year. Really good plate discipline, 11% walk rate, 20% uh, strikeout rate. Luis Urias, remember that name, on the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, this is this is my guy for uh, 2022. This is my breakout not just at second base, but I think in all of MLB. I know he's going to pick 157. It's nothing deep. He's not like a deep, deep sleeper. But I really do think this is a guy we'll be talking about. Maybe in the top 100 with a consistent, you know, 25 home runs, 85 runs, 90 RBI guy. I, I really do think that Milwaukee will take a liking to him. And I think he will rise up and be a star in that Milwaukee lineup. Moving down the list, it really doesn't get any better. Uh, there are some guys that I always have interest in. I always like Gene Segura. I mean, maybe because he's a Mets killer. Again, it's it's funny because Gene Segura is going at pick 200. And uh, what is Gene Segura giving you that DJ LeMahieu isn't? Uh, he had more home runs than LeMahieu last year. Uh, less runs, less RBIs. Better batting average than LeMahieu. Going 100 picks later. So this just kind of contextualizes what I was saying when it comes to being confused as LeMahieu and Corningworth and, uh, and those guys going around there. Uh, India is a little different. India had 21 home runs, 98 runs, uh, 376 on base. India India is a lot like Urias in the way that he showed really good plate discipline. The, uh, he had a, a, you know, 50 to 60 more uh, plate appearances. But um, Urias, is, Urias had less at-bats, more home runs than India. Uh, similar similar plate, better plate discipline numbers. And his, uh, his BABIP was just 40 points lower than uh, India's. Urias easily could have been a Jonathan India of 2021, but he got maybe messed up by his Babbitt block. So that's a comp right there. Those guys will probably be similar guys. India did have 12 steals, Urias 5. Urias is probably only a 7-8 stone base guy max, but India really is mostly a, a, a 10 to 12. Nothing crazy. No no, no, no quick feet, really. Uh, and and that's that. the Gene Segura thing is really what I, I find interesting about guys like LeMahieu, and really why it, it seems like we never really learn, do we? We never really learn to avoid. Uh, I know it took me a couple years to learn to avoid Basically, last year, guys like McNeil, LeMayhew, uh, and I guess it could be Katal Martin Altuve. It could be the same mistake I'm making twice. Uh, you know, those guys did show years of big power. Uh, maybe that's why Lau is probably the best pick in their first 100 picks uh, for second base. Because Lau, his power is not in question. Maybe the average is in question. But the power and thus the runs in RBI are not in question. If you're not dead set against steals, then then Brandon Lau is, is most likely your guy to draft. Again, Luis Urias, I think, is a 25 home run hitter. And yeah, I think I'll have 80-plus run RBI. Um, going down the list, past Gene Segura. Gavin Lux, not a guy I'm ever going to really find myself enamored with. But again, um, he might have some stone bases in him. Uh, he, uh, with, with 
Corey Seager leaving that lineup. Gavin Lux is still only projected for 400 plate appearances. So basically, that, that, that's, that, that, that should tell you what you need to know. Uh, if there's one thing, I like I said, I think projections are, are useful for, it's just going down the list and saying, okay, who's not going to get more than 550 plate appearances? You know, um, it, it's really a cutoff at Jazz Chisholm at 556. Colin Wong is only getting 551. Uh, Chisholm is probably not getting more than that. You know, you're going to need most likely two second basemen, if not obviously two shortstop with your middle infield spot and some guy on the bench. So I think this is a position with how the, the, the power um, goes down quick. I'm fine with Gene Segura really as my second, as my middle infield. I think Gene Segura is kind of what you should shoot for from middle infield. And it's just an interesting comparison with 14 home runs and nine stone bases last year, 76 runs, 50 only 58 RBI. Uh, but but good average and, and, a, and a good on base. Uh, I thought that he would grow into more power last year. I guess 15 is not bad for him. But um, it's not the position where you want to be waiting. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna really be struggling if you're gonna wait. The guys I said really, Luis Urias is probably and and not Luis Urias. Luis Urias is probably the last guy you can take in good faith. He has that spot locked up. I'm not rolling the dice on Brendan Rodgers. Even Ryan McMahon, I'm not really rolling the dice on that. We, we ginned on every year. They had a decent year last year, but I'm not rolling the dice on them. Uh, like I said, Eduardo Escobar, I don't think he's going to be getting a lot of plate appearances for the New York Mets. I think they're going to be playing a lot of matchups. I think they're going to do good because of it. Can finally rest guys and, and give guys a, a mental health day. Uh, Gavin Lux, you know, don't dream on these guys. Uh, make sure you have a, a second baseman within your first, uh, you know, 10 rounds. Because then you gotta grab Urias or Segura and a 15 teamer, it comes at you fast. Um, just going down the board, if you if you have the power locked up, and especially in deep leagues, you're gonna have to get one of these guys. If you have the power locked up and you're just worried about batting average, I'm fine with taking Nick Madrigal or Luis Arias on the twins, or even Jeff McNeil. At 317, I'll take Jeff McNeil, hoping he gets traded and it gets full time at bats or or, or uh, someone gets injured and he gets full playing time. But I'm worried about all these guys. You know, he has to split bats with the Cano and then like uh, Wilmer Flores, a pick 400, is never going to get four bats. And, you know, David Fletcher, good batting average. But notice what all these guys have in common. They're not going to get you, most likely, with the exception of McNeil, who could easily get you 20 home runs. Uh, they're not going to get you really any power. And that's something I just want to keep bringing up. It, you know, Nico Horner, 409. You need to have at least 20 home runs. If a guy's not giving you 20 home runs, you better hope, like Merrifield, he's giving you 40 stone bases. If he's giving you 20 home runs, he's not giving you any more than 10, 15 stone bases. Unless it's a super deep league or an AL and only, you just can't be drafting these guys. Uh, dead set period. I want to make things simpler for myself and, and for the viewers because I think uh, we, we like to all, you know, look at these stats and, and, and dream on and, and who can do this, who can do that. Out of out of all these guys uh, going, going uh, later, McMahon's probably one of your better bets. Uh, for power wise, McMahon is is probably your best bet uh, after after Urias and in between Segura, but but that 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 is that is again dreaming. I mean, twenty three home runs, eighty runs, eighty six RBI, a good season last year. Could have been fluky. We were all wondering for a while, but at least he's given you twenty three home runs, or hopefully twenty home runs. Um, you can't say the same for even Tommy Edmond. All these guys, you can't say the same about twenty home runs. Uh, so I'll leave it there. 
again trying to keep it shorter keep it simpler still not a lot it's still kind of hard to get a sense of playing time with the lack of moves you know with these Mets guys even with these Colorado guys um, it's hard to get a sense of where playing time is going to be found where it's going to be lost but do not wait at second base uh, don't don't wait until pick 150 to take your first second base. Uh, you you want to have your first guy locked up. It's it's a middle infield spot, guys. You know these guys. It's not outfield where you're gonna find a guy hitting 30 home runs at pick 200. Even if you're taking the batting average hit, no one past 200 is gonna be hitting 30 home runs at second base. Uh, so I'll leave it there. Again, please click the link in the description. Join the league. If you want, send me a message. Tell me, hey, uh, you know, if I don't, if you don't see it, if I don't send me a message. Send me a message on Twitter, Instagram. You have my, my emails in there. It's all in the link below in the description. Uh, please join the league. I can't wait. Hopefully, fingers crossed, the season starts on time or starts at all. Uh, thank you for watching, and uh, have a good one, guys.